Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever Flywheel Podcast. Let's go. All right, and you know, I'm really excited for this kit. Like we've been talking about doing this for so long and now we're finally doing this. Like, how do you feel? Man, I feel like the Fraxcast is a long time coming. So I'm glad we cast, but like now it's Flywheel. Right, I know, but I'm still nostalgic. But let's get I mean, it. yeah. I mean, Fraxcast is like the soul of Flywheel, but like, yeah. Fraxcast Flywheel, here we are. Cheers, everyone. I'm here with Capital K and a little bit about me. I've been in crypto for five years. Uh, for the past two years, been super into DeFi. I basically live on chain now. You know, I've done everything from, you know, yield farming to like work with projects. I've worked at like, I've done smart contract infrastructure. And now I'm back at stable coins. I've known Sam since 2016. I was one of the first employees of uh, Everpedia, uh, which was the first company and project he founded, which became a uh, blockchain encyclopedia. And I've found my way back to Frax working with Sam. And uh, yeah, Kit, like, what's a, well, let's get a little intro about you. Like, what's going on? Yes. So just like Dave, I started in crypto in 2017 with the whole crazy ICO mania. We also ran a ton of miners. I flew to Canada, New York, and even Texas to place all of these miners. Did a lot of staking, master noting. And I, you know, in 2020, started getting into DeFi. And late, or rather, summer last year was when I started looking really deeply into stablecoins. And obviously, Frax is amongst the top one that is a purely on-chain stablecoin. And that was really interesting to me. And I met Dave, where he was also a big Fraximalist. And we just kind of kicked it off. And we're like, you know what? There lacks this like community, like really concentrated core of the community for all these Fraximalists. Yeah. And then Dave yeah. had the idea to actually execute and bring us all together. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Me and Kit, uh, we met each other back in September, August, September last year, mm-hmm. we just got connected on the phone when I was working at Gelato and it was about our, I think, I think it was about our token sale yep. um, back then. And so like, it was just like, we hit it off. Like, and it was just like, wait a second, you live in LA? And I was living in LA at the time too. It was just like, oh, well, this and that. And we made all these connections. And then we ended up just like seeing each other at different conferences. And like, we realized how big Fraxmas uh, we both were. And then we were just like, wait a second, like, we should like start a podcast. There needs to be more media for Frax. There needs to be more education and marketing for Frax. Because as we mentioned in the interview, uh, the Frax team is just heads down shipping. There's always be shipping, always be shipping. But there needs to be people to be always be educating and always be marketing. And so like this podcast uh, is part of a wider effort called Fraxmalus to bring about more education of Frax, both in the ecosystem and outside of it to both you know, retail and but and also institutions as well. And so Fraximus is like the wider effort and Flywheel, this podcast, is like the one part of that. And this past uh, podcast for the first one, Seba, like what a great guest to have on, like came organically in uh, for, a, you know, for like a reason, like for a very practical reason, just wanted to find like a good interest rate. You know, people just want to find that in the real world all the time. And then he's just got like the, like, just like the inner urge to be like, I want to contribute to this. And like, he was kind of like pulled and like literally taught himself Dune analytics to, <laughs> and became like the, the, uh, the ultimate Dune Raider of Frax. Uh, it was an awesome interview. It was great hearing his perspective and like 
just hearing about like what he thinks of, you know, what's going on and like why, what he finds promising about Frax, what he thinks Frax can work on and like where he sees Frax going in the future. Yeah. And I, I love that little secret alpha leak at the end that he oh. gave everybody. So please make sure you stay to the end to kind of catch that. Yeah. Super excited for the Flywheel podcast to finally get released to the world. This is the first of many. Uh, don't forget to follow us on socials at flywheelpod and then on Twitter, then flywheelpod on Telegram. And then, you know, we got to get to 100 subscribers on YouTube. Subscribe to that. Like, come show your support. Like, this will be the first of many. And, you know, really excited for what's ahead. But yeah, everyone enjoy the show. <laughs> and here we go. As our first uh, person on the podcast, we have Seba, who is a uh, community member that has been contributing to Frax for, I, I, how, when did you start contributing to Frax? Like, uh, Seba, like, can you give like a little bit of background on yourself and like what drew you to Frax in the first place? Yeah, uh, thanks, Dave. Hey, thanks, Keith. Uh, great to be here. So, uh, as a background, I pretty boring stuff. I have my, I did my studies in CS with a little bit more of uh, in depth into data science and AI, and then I began when I first heard of Frax was because I needed to borrow some. I, I wanted to borrow against my ETH. And during that time, uh, every place to work was very expensive. You know, like A was over 10% per year to borrow USDC or DAI. Or... So uh, it was not nothing compared to, uh, to, to the current rates. So I came up on FRAX, which was uh, borrowable uh, at a much lower rate. It was like something between the 3 or 4%. And my question was, like, how sustainable or how long uh, is this rate going to last? Because maybe today I'm going to take a uh, take a loan, uh, and may, after one week it's going to raise to over twenty percent. So then I joined the te Telegram Frax uh, chat, the Telegram group, and I began as uh, making questions. And this was around April twenty twenty one. And I was very surprised that Sam himself was the one who, who answered my question. So. <laughs> the boss man himself. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, with, we, with his answer, I felt pretty confident that I, I, was going to, I was, wasn't going to get robbed in, in some time later. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be you taken know? care of. Dude, yeah. honestly, you sound like the like the best advertisement for Frags. Like, if like exactly. I'm like not just like a DJ, but just like someone looking for a loan, like in the future, I'm like I'm trying to find like the lowest rate, like obviously, like and you just came upon Frags in such an organic fashion. Like, I feel like we should take a sound bit of this and just like have this <laughs> out on Twitter. Like, well, how did you find Frags? Well, it's the lowest rate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it felt like felt like that. So I was very impressed that Sam himself answered my questions, and I wanted I wanted to know like how is this possible? How is the is it possible for this stable coin to to make available make to be available to borrow for such a low rate? So that that was when I 
began studying basically did a master's itself just to know how how to do a master itself to know how frax uh, works and i was very impressed with the all all its mechanisms all the uh, stability it had shown uh, based on how novel it was because uh, uncollateralized uh, stable coins was something that we hadn't seen any time before and i was really amazed that they, they worked at all and uh, and the ability to for for these coins to supply to uh, provide such an useful products like borrow at a low rate was really impressive to me so that's basically how i got stuck with frax and ended up in in, in the community let me jump in here and, and ask them the very following question because Everybody in the community, one time or another, have for sure went to Dune Analytics and look at this dashboard created by Seba. And now we finally oh, got you on the podcast. It is literally legendary. So, like, <laughs> what made you, you know, push you to kind of build that? Yeah. Um, so I spent a lot of time on the Telegram group <laughs> answering questions mainly. So. <laughs> and all the questions were very, very pretty much repeated. Everyone was asking like the same stuff. How, how does this works and how much money is it making? How much, uh, how much money does it have in the treasury? And uh, that information wasn't available really at, at the time. And I saw all these other protocols that like, I don't know, maybe Uniswap or Maker or can name other fields, but they all had their their tune dashboards, and I saw that Frax had uh, basically very little information to show. So I I have like this maybe impulsive um, trade, or or uh, I I'm used to just begin doing stuff without asking first and. That's something really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's also something that I really like about this uh, blockchain world. You just can begin getting your hands inside whatever you you want to do. So I just did that. I um, looked into how I I can contribute to Frax because you know I really like the project. I and I wanted to build for it. I I think it's what it was a uh, a big contribution to make to the community and the protocol. Yeah, man, it yeah. absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to comment one thing about Seba. Seba is like the poster child of someone coming into Frax because they wanted to have, you know, low rates. And on top of that, he just tapped right into the community and started building right away. And um, I wanted to ask you, how long did it take you to kind of create that whole dashboard? Because it's really comprehensive. Yeah, so it, actually I had to learn about a lot about uh, how Dune worked. And well, mainly the, the main issue actually was to learn, learn how all the uh, blockchain works, how Ethereum works, how all these other protocols work, because 
the thing about Frax is that it is integrated and it is using a lot of other protocols like, you know, Staked out and Convex, Curve, Uniswap. So when you're building uh, information for Frax, you aren't actually building information for Frax, you're building information for all these other protocols. So that was like the most difficult thing to do. I had to learn basically how all, all these other things work. And, and about time, uh, I was working part-time uh, during that time, during the, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't working full-time on the Dune dashboard. So I must have been like two or three months uh, working before like it, it became known. And what was really um, surprising to me is that I really, I didn't publish or didn't announce the dashboard in the Telegram, but someone else who had looking had been looking at Dune for Frax information found the dashboard and began sharing it. Sharing it. Love it. Yeah, it must have been super rewarding to see that. Like you didn't even try to promote it, but like, you know, in the same way that you had the natural curiosity and drive to make the dashboard, people had the natural curiosity not only to look it up, but to share it with both like the wider community, people in it or out of the community. And like now it's like the go-to resource. Like if you go to like, you know, community.frax or like fraxmas.xyz, like the dashboard's there. It's like such like a important like pillar and like foundation to the education of the community and frax in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's very gratifying to see it uh, being used, being adopted and being uh, used as the as a source of information. Yeah. And right. so since you've had like a kind of like a inside, obje very objective look at frax, like what do you see being the biggest challenges to frax in the short term? Let's say like six months to a year. Um, um, like, where do you see like those challenges and adversity arise, like coming up, and like how do you think Frax can overcome them? Yeah, so I think this is a, a problem for all stable coins, which is basically the uh, have some organic growth. Like currently, every major stable coin relies on. Uh, yield farming and providing liquidity firing rewards to increase their circulating supply. And well, this is actually isn't actually a problem only for stable coins, but every new product, every new innovation needs some incentives to be, begin working. And I, I think we are still in frax. We are still currently at that phase. At that phase, we've. Uh, the need to supply external or uh, like external value for it to be used. And I think that the, the way to build towards being uh, a like a self-sustainable stable coin that does not rely on the emissions. I mean, emissions aren't going to stop for a lot of time. I, I don't think that's a bad thing, but um, I think that to be able to continue growing beyond that point, we need to focus on building basically more integrations across our protocols. Like, for example, I think that just recently the 
Frax was integrated in the perpetual protocol in optimization. So that's a huge step. I think it's also being used in in GMX. Mm-hmm. So we could try to focus how okay, how do we make people use uh, more frags on EMX to become like a more established stable coin uh, to use there. And I also think like the there hasn't been like a, a killer product in blockchain stable coins. For example, all the current solutions uh, basically offer something like yield farming or, or borrowing, which are um, functions that are, aren't very different to what we had before in traditional finance, maybe. but we are just making them permissionless. So uh, I have like the, the optimism or the hope that someday someone, someone is going to come up with a killer use for stable coins, something we hadn't seen before anywhere in traditional finance or blockchain at the moment. And I think that we are yet still to see that and I hope it, it comes soon. Do you think that innovation in stablecoins is like, I mean, right now stablecoins are like mostly pegged to a dollar, but like, is that innovation something that's like a stablecoin that isn't pegged to a dollar or pegged to a external asset? It's more of a, you know, an actual like currency that is like independent of that, like something like FPI or did you have something else in mind? Uh, yeah, I think FBI is definitely uh, a possibility, but um, it's for me it's such a huge and difficult problem because you're basically trying to build a product with a stable and certified yield forever, but uh, I think if it works. It definitely can be that uh, thing I was talking about, like this new killer stablecoin uh, product. Yeah, yeah agreed, no, agreed. I agree. Yeah, we could create like, you know, one thing everybody says, no one just holds fracks. But with FPI, there is a very clear reason to hold FPI. You know, and I, I think that's what we, we kind of need to focus on is like, what are some other major use cases? Uh, but Seba, I, w- I wanted to ask you, like, what more do you wish to see from the Frax team themselves? So it sounds like, you know, protocol partnerships, uh, a- anything else? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that uh, DAOs have something like a competitive advantage against non-DAOs. Uh, Basically, it could be because of the some of the things that we talked about. Because anyone can come in to build for them, so I think that openness is a huge advantage that any DAO can have, and that's something I will like to see more on Frags. I know Dave, you've been working on this for a long time. But I think it's very difficult to come to right now come and build for Frax because some things like the documentation or, or the, all the contracts, all the information, how these things this thing works, aren't easily available. Available aren't easy to understand. And uh, decentralized governance and building community is a, also a huge and 
very difficult problem by itself. So asking this to, for the to the to the core team is a lot also because we all know that they're busy with all the stuff they are, are building. But uh, I would like to see like a more some some more like a specialized group or focusing on okay how do we attract all the most intelligent people that currently are uh, in the blockchain space or the economics space and how do we attract them and make them want to come to build for frags and yeah that's something i think yeah it's very um important if we want to for facts to continue yeah. growing and grow bigger than any other stable country. And honestly like that's what's happening now between like this podcast and like you mentioned like you know creating content whether it's you know content for retail to understand the basics of not just fracks not just stable coins but like how money works in general and how to like understand and comprehend money and like one thing that we're working on you know me kit you uh, and like a bunch of other people in the Frax community that we're getting together is a uh, Fraxmos, which is basically going to be the uh, marketing and education arm of the Frax ecosystem. Because you're right, the Sam and the team are heads down building, they're heads down shipping. They don't have, t they have, they're putting all their energy towards that and they don't really have time to do that. And right, you know, it's funny, you see the, the best like that we have right now is screenshots of Sam, which are, in, I think, super powerful. <laughs> They are like I like people like give give it shit, but I think it's it's great because like there it's just coming straight from the source. It's not like you're planning an announcement ahead and like or like this or that. It's like no, like the leaks are just like steadily flowing, and like you know that it's coming, and then it's just like shipped and like oh my god, it's here. But like in terms, it's like Frax is like the problem with with Frax right now. It's like and it's not Frax's fault. It's just really hard to comprehend and understand. Like most people if they hear this conversation they're like what what the hell is going on like there's so much like there's so much like context and so much like not just like definitions but like definitions to the definitions that you need like background on in order to understand mm -hmm. fracks and so i think like the goal with fracks is to like be like the first like one-stop source for like all of that and just like give people like whether they're retail or institutions themselves because like institutions are like this is stable coins are like a super new concept and the information you have to think about like the information that they're getting is from like new sources that don't understand crypto and they're just like you know spreading fud and like when they hear stable coins especially algorithmic stable coins with what happened to luna they just get like panicked and go away so like i frax fraxmus is basically an answer to that fud and like a resource for people that actually like want to learn to like come and learn about frax and i think like the biggest advantage that frax has like right now and so far is like Everyone that I've met in the community, whether it's online or like at conferences or at meetups, like they're everybody's long term aligned and like they found they found Frax because they did like deep, either deep research or they just like stumbled upon it. And they looked into it like, oh, wait, this is like there's actually like something here. There's actually like novel primitives and like true innovation being built here. And they stick around and whether they're just like community members or like they're and or they end up being contributors, like they stay around. And I feel like. It's not a mat. I feel like the best, some of the best mindshare and the smartest people in crypto are like in the Frax community, but it's just like a matter of, you know, um, utilize, it's like firing up and utilizing, utilizing them and like kind of like giving them a path to contribute to Frax in a meaningful way, like setting, like carving that path ahead and doing stuff like 
this podcast and doing stuff like building these like dashboards and like all this stuff is going to get formalized eventually. And it's going to be like, easy to onboard people to become contributors of Frax, but it will take time. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say that I really like fa fra current Frax marketing style of Sam leaking the alpha through. Telegram. Oh, it's great! I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you saw the, when you see those pics on Twitter, you know something big is coming. Yeah, dude. Honestly, that's when I get like the most engagement. It's just like this is like the tw yeah. Twitter hack I thought of. It's just like screenshot, <laughs> and then it just like proliferates to crypto Twitter. Yeah, there are too much, too many threads currently. There's too many thread ors, but like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so. I guess like leading on, on that, like Frax team, heads down, always shipping, always be shipping, uh, ABS. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of Frax's new products coming out? There's a lot in the pipeline, whether it's like release or what's about to be released or like what's leaked in, in the chat. So we have FPI, which we talked about earlier, FraxSwap, which is the TWAM, FraxLend, which is, uh, you know, from what I hear, uh, term sheet lending. And then uh, we have Frax Stake, which is like kind of like similar to Lido. And then we have uh, probably like the most exciting part. Uh, well, not, that's not the most exciting, but like one of like the thing that's been talked about the most, uh, the Frax base pool on Curve, which I think like establishes kind of this confederation between Curve, Convex and Frax. So like, let's go, let's get into it. Like, what do you think of like each one so far? Yeah. Okay. So the Frax base pool, I think that's an, an incredible idea because uh, as Sam has mentioned it several times, currently Frax is, uh, is uh, um, sponsoring DAI and USDT liquidity, mm -hmm. which means that it is paying for, uh, I don't know, 200, 200 million dollars in, in DAI. And I do not have any problem with Maker, just like, uh, I, I actually think that if we could somehow partner with Maker in other stuff or make them join this baseball, but I think that um, resources are very limited and we shouldn't be paying for other for demand for other stable coins if uh, there isn't like a very solid partnership or, or idea of why are we paying for this liquidity. And I also think that it acting as a baseball is also very beneficial for Frax because one thing I, I've seen uh, like the space maybe growing to or some thoughts I, I've had of how it may go is like there are these other uh, protocols that act, act like fintech or maybe new innovations, maybe something like Alchemix, uh, which provide these, these self-repaying loans and their current uh, system to have enough liquidity to uh, being able to supply these loans here through curves, uh, through curve uh, rewards and incentives. So I was thinking, like, if we try to partner with all these, all these projects, all these innovations that are coming through, we could use them or 
and they could use us both to our our and their benefit because uh, for example Alchemix supplies rewards only for uh, itself by itself supplies the rewards but if they partner with Frax they know that they will have Frax support and like Sam says uh, we are looking to make every dollar every Frax that you sponsor make it worth so more than every dollar so i think that the frag spaceball is a very big opportunity to continue building these partnerships and making these positive some games but it positive some partnership with other protocols uh, okay so what more do we have the fbi like i mentioned i i'm very expectant i to see how the FBI is going to turn out like I mentioned it's I think it's a very and huge problem to solve and well if it if it was solved at all I think I'd, I'd be incredibly amazed I think definitely mm -hmm. it will could be considered like just a, a new primitive a new completely different product to everything we have seen at the moment in both in and DeFi and traditional finance. Uh, let's see the Frax Lend. I also see, think that lending is a huge, huge uh, opportunity and very speci specifically under collateralized loans are a problem that has been existed forever in DeFi. So I think that if it Again, if it ended up working, I think it will be huge for Frax. It could completely change how uh, stablecoins grow, how they do their business. So I think that I'm really bullish towards uh, Frax swap and how I, I really hope it does work uh, okay. I, I'm sorry, Frax Lent. I was talking about Frax Lent. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. <laughs> Frax stake. Um, I don't know. I really have I have thought some time about um, how Ethereum could be like the base base layer for economic activity, and I think it can go really well in hand with. Uh, uh, with the FPI because through staking Ethereum, you are basically just buying an asset that may be growing value over time, but also it's supplying you with additional rewards. So I think that uh, there is a lot of potential between frag staking and the FPI to go hand in hand and support each other. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's a really good point. But uh, yeah, yeah frag swap. Yeah, I, I haven't given much thought to frag right. swap yet. It's a lot. Of, I because I I do not understand mm -hmm. really much how these uh, TWAMs work. So I think that I would like to yeah. maybe uh, look at more into that before I have some yep. like opinion. Yeah. So like frag swap um, for 
you and the viewers at home that are, are not familiar with it. It's a, it's a T-WIM. It's a time-weighted average market maker. So like how they had like a T-WAP, you know, for like oracles on AMMs, this is a T-WAM. And it's best to think of this as an AMM for large orders. And it fills out, it, it fills out an order. Let's say you go from like FRAX to FXS or like FRAX to FPI in, you, in your DAO. You can do it over a long period of time with a, the lowest amount of slippage. Um, and so it's really, you know, it's really um, interesting. It's the first of its kind. Um, it was actually, if you want to learn more about it, it's from, a, it was written about in a paradigm paper in the summer of 2021. And FraxSwap is the first of its kind to be released. So this basically allows for like DAOs and like on-chain institutions to make large trades without ha occurring like the slippage that you usually would on like a standard AMM or a DEX. Uh, yeah, what do you think, Kit? I, I mean, clearly, like the Frax team is always be shipping, and you know, always be shipping, shipping. ABS, you know. ABS, as you, as you keep on doing all the shipping, like I, I can't help but wonder, like, like Seb, I want to get your take on this. Is like, what does success look like for Frax coming with this like massive suite of products to you? Yeah, to me, of all the products we just mentioned, and like the general or the global overview of stablecoins. To me, a great success for Frax in the following year will be to for uh, Frax Lend to work and to grow, to have millions or hundreds of millions, maybe billions, billions in loans. I mean, if that ended up happening, I think that it will be a huge success for Frax and a huge uh, change in the stablecoin industry. Yeah, I think the name of the game is just to have as much debt denominated in Frax as possible. Like that's how like Frax circulation grows and expands in market cap. And like for Frax, like the name, like the end goal is to become the global sediment layer. And like the way to get there is just to have like, not just debt like on chain from like DAOs or, or whatnot, but like I'm really like bullish on the, and really excited about real world assets. And like once like that gets mature enough over time where you could like basically like use your house as collateral and get a loan from Fraxland or like maybe like a layer on top of it. Cause I'm sure like these things are going to get formalized over time. Like mm -hmm. that's super powerful. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think um, like, you no, know, if history has taught us anything, like every economic uh, growth really starts through credit. And I really like what you said, Dave, about having Frax as like the de facto denominated like a uh, debt uh, currency, I, I think that that'd be huge. And then on top of that, like I, I mentioned this in, in the chat with the other fractionalist group, but like USDC can win the pie of like being the on and off ramp between crypto and fiat, but Frax could be like the number one DeFi stablecoin. And I, I, yeah. I think if it's reserved for just DAO to DAO transactions. I think that will be even a massive, massive market just by itself. Yeah. It's like each of these stable coins, like kind of populate a different sphere of crypto, like Tether established itself as like the centralized stable coin for like for big exchanges like Bitfinex and Binance. USDC is like the most comfortable on off ramp, um, which is fine. And then, but Frax has this opportunity 
to take like the on-chain world, which is like mm -hmm. the mark, you know, I, my favorite stat is like, you know, there's like $57 trillion of, you know, total addressable market here. And like, I don't know, like circulating stable coins is like a hundred billion. We're not even 0.0001% of the way there. I don't even think we're like 0.00001% of the way there. It's like unimaginable, like how the potential in this mm -hmm. and like with like what, when it gets like done right, like where it could go. It's, it's like, it's absurd. What do you think, uh, Seba? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we have a huge, and like you said, it's a huge addressable market, but also a huge and very difficult problem to grow these uh, stable coins to this, uh, I don't know, not even decentralized stable coins. I, any stable coin that lives on the blockchain, it's very hard to, hard to build. Like, can you imagine, can you even imagine USDC getting to 1 trillion? That's, that will be insane. And they have a <laughs> lot of, yeah. I mean, not, not talking about like, a, I don't know, an authoritarian point of view, but just like how difficult and big and hard of a problem would be to grow, to have, to have such a big market cap. A trillion dollars. <laughs> A thousand billions, like that's, that's so. It's hard for like people to comprehend that. <laughs> like wow. <laughs> um, Seba, I was gonna ask ask next. Um, is there like a Frax project you're working on? You think like that you need help with, or do you see like an area? Of, I guess we touched on this before, but like an area of the community that needs like the most help. Like where you can see like where do you think like people could like contribute, or like where do you need help? Yeah, so personally, uh, we are working on some more dashboards, more information beyond just what it uh, what is on Dune, and I hope that we can make that more available and open source it to the community so uh, everyone can begin contributing to, in, to it soon. And that it's also going to be released soon to the public. But right now, I think there's a lot of things to build on Dune. You know, I, I haven't had too much time to build there, but there are a lot of more information that can be retrieved and uh, presented there. For example, the FraxFab exchange has had some activity, so we can begin building this uh, Adyun dashboard for FraxFab and see how, how things are going over there. Uh, so if you want to, I don't know, build on Dune, help Frax, uh, learn even learn how to how to use Dune, uh, you can obviously contact me. Maybe we can come with something up to to do that. Uh, also, there is, a, like I said, here and Dave are, uh, are building this Fraxima, the FXM community. So if you also want to help in any other things, you can, can contact them, can contact me. There are more uh, research groups that we can link you up to. So there are a lot of things to do. And uh, if you want to begin building for FRAX right now, I think the best way to be to focus on Dune, there is still a lot of information to show there. So if you want to try something there, uh, uh, you are free, just more than free to contact me. Perfect. Calling all Dune Raiders. That, yeah. <laughs> Dune <laughs> Raiders. Dude, I like that. Uh, but, but Seba, how, how do people get in contact with you? 
Yeah, so I'm kind of active on Telegram. If you message me, may, I may take my time to respond, but <laughs> usually, <laughs> I usually do. Um, my username is seva underscore TLDR, or you can find me on uh, maybe on the Telegram, the Frax group, if you don't forget the, the name. I kind of left less active there, there these days, but I still look at it some time to time. Um, because there's something else I forgot. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, we always like to kind of end, uh, these, these podcasts with like a, a round of like lightning questions. Um, so I, I have like, uh, two or three in my mind that I, I'd, I'd love to ask you Seba. And, um, so I'm, I'm gonna start first. The first question is, um, what was your virgin crypto experience? How did you first touch the chain? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was around, I think, 2017 when a friend uh, talked to me about Ethereum. And uh, I think during that was time, that time it was beginning to pump. So I kind of just bought in and didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't do much research. Um, and then I think I held it just in a centralized, centralized exchange for some time. But, uh, oh no, actually during that time it was the ICO boom. <laughs> so that's when, that's what was when I first began using the blockchain investing and being very what is your most this. what's your most uh regrettable ico that you participated in or like token you bought during that era uh, fortunately i got out of all of them <laughs> yeah I, no regrets I did not hold okay. yeah no regrets I did not move everything to ethereum yeah did not hold anything at all no tentacoin <laughs> <laughs> no no Okay, and, and this is going to be a completely off-topic question. Do you drink coffee or tea? I drink both. Uh, yeah, but lately I've been drinking a lot more of more tea than coffee. Got it. And um, nice. Uh, the last question yeah. for me: What do you do when you are away from the computer? What do you do? So. I am going a lot to the gym recently because I've been spending a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah, go. Spend, spending a lot of time in front of the computer, so I got to get out uh, to release some tension. Doing, I like doing weightlifting, not too much cardio. Sometimes I used to go to the, do hiking here near some hills, yes, uh, to some hills here near my house. Uh, and also, I like reading a, a, a lot. I read, I really like uh, sci-fi. Ooh, cool, nice. Now, honestly, like in terms, like Frax has like a very strong uh, weightlifting history. Like you know, Sam was a <laughs> body, like a, not a power lifter in college. I've been like lifting weights for like the past fourteen years of my life. So like, you, that, <laughs> it makes complete sense. And like, it's actually very fitting that you've been going to the gym and hitting the weights. Um, and one last yeah. question for you. Um, do you have any alpha leak about Frax uh, to close? Like, is there like a special place you get yield 
or something like that? Like, what what is your alpha leak? Your Frax alpha leak? Oof, my Frax alpha leak. Um, let me think a minute. If you make it to the end of this podcast, you get the alpha leak. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I do not have many things for yield farming because I try to stay uh, kind of away from the chain or yield farming after the terrain incident. <laughs> my but my frax alpha leak is that there is no reason to uh, fear the same happening for frax because. Uh, it does have a lot of money, more money and funds that people think it has and uh, what the information actually is showing. And so Frax is safe for a lot of time. It's going to be safe for a lot of time more. You heard it from Seba. You heard the man that observes and lives on chain. Frax is safe and you can sleep comfy at night. And I know I do. And uh, Seba, with that, like, thank you so much for joining us on the first ever Flywheel podcast. We keep it rolling on the Flywheel podcast. Um, this is the first one, so it would be greatly appreciated if you like, subscribe. You know, we need to get to that 100 followers on YouTube to get our own custom channel. So please, like, come support us. We're going to be coming out with a lot more episodes, a lot more great content. We're going to have people from the Frax community. We're going to have core devs on hell. I'm going to force get Sam on and you know, hell, maybe we'll get critics on. Like I would love to like, here's some other yeah. side of the story. And like, we have like a lot in store, uh, in terms of not just flywheel, but Frax most media in general. Um, you know, so it's super exciting and, you know, Seba, thanks for coming on kit. You know, this has been like dope, you know, for us finally getting to do this. Thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Hey, everyone. That was an awesome first podcast of Flywheel. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers, so smash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter and Telegram at FlywheelPod. And, you know, follow your boy, DeFi Dave, at Dave said that underscore on Twitter. And we got capital K in the building too, at zero X capital K underscore capital K. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Yeah. First episode of many. The fun is yet to come and, you know, stay tuned for more.